So here's five steps to get your team to execute your vision. And again, this is not going to be do a meeting, etc. Okay, Google that. What I want to leave you with is the mindset shift as a leader. So as I go through these steps, think about your real projects right now. Think about your team. Think about your goals. Think about what's right in front of you to execute uh, and see if you can see what new actions you could take out of this conversation. Step one, share the vision. All right. So first of all, the name of this is how to have your team execute your vision. Every leader has a vision. Now, there's different levels of vision, you could say. If you're the founder of your company, you have a vision for why you started this thing in the first place, right? One day you sat there and something showed up in your head and you said, this would be really interesting if we could do this. And you started to think about it and you developed the vision in your head for what the products and services are, your delivery method, the business model, your customers, how it differentiates yourself in the marketplace. And, you know, you got jazzed about it. And there's something that you want to contribute to the world through your products and services. You know, it could just be making really great quality stuff. This isn't like save the planet. And it may be, but you have a vision for why you're at work on what you're at work on. And for many leaders, we find it difficult to share that vision effectively with our team. So my main coaching here right off the top is, first of all, you got to know that you got to do it. And it starts with you opening your mouth. And it's no different if you're a department leader or manager or sales team leader, or even a solo entrepreneur who's getting your first team together around you of maybe fellow consultants or your, your providers as you build your business. You want to share with those people that are important to you what you see for your department, what the objectives are. And perhaps if you're somebody who's running a department, you want to be clear how your department's vision sits inside the overall company's vision that has a lot of, in, of workability, okay? Because you're now not just in a silo, you're actually connecting. Why does my administration department here and the people I manage, how does that fit into our, lar our larger mission as a company, our larger vision as a company? So we're all sharing visions as a leader, vision. Uh, if not, we're not leading right? What, what are you leading if you're not sharing a vision for your people? You're not leading. You may be managing them, but you're not providing leadership. And that's okay if you're just managing them. Now, even management has a place for vision, but this is definitely about how to have your team that you're leading engage in the vision with you, okay? Imagine what it looks like when your vision actually becomes their vision. When how they walk into the office is how you walk into the office with their own unique view and self-expression, of course. We're not training robots here. But they're, they're coming in thinking from the priorities of your business because you've shared them with them in a way that now they've become their own. That's the ultimate way to gain buy-in and belief is not that they have to believe you or buy into you. It becomes their own vision and their own unique expression of what you've shared with them. All right, let's look at the steps with this or some actually what this could look like in step one. So display your vision, find ways to keep it in front of your teams. Uh, one thing is you're going to speak your vision and we often find you have to say it like a hundred times more than you think 
you know, we think we say, well, here's the objectives, here's a vision of our department, and you say it once in a meeting, and they should all remember it. They don't. The brain doesn't work that way. You got to keep interrupting their kind of current thought process in a way and say, remember, this is what the game is all about. So uh, find ways to both speak it, but also you should have it uh, displayed. Uh, a quick story I'll share with you. One of my first goes at leading a big corporate vision um, quite some time ago as an executive in a company, I literally traveled around the country for five years with uh, a poster, laminated poster, uh, underneath my arm on planes flying to our locations. And what I would do with that poster is I would stick it up on the wall behind me for any meeting I was leading. And I would find a way to connect the topic of that meeting, no matter what it was. And sometimes it could really seem disconnected, but you want to connect everything in your department or your area of leadership with that vision. So the visions behind me, right, are, are in this case, it was like a five-year vision uh, and it, you know, was inspiring and the team got together to create it. But again, just because they did it once didn't mean it was going to happen. Execution happened because I put it on the wall and then I tied, I connected the dots with people and say, remember, we're here to talk about a new customer service initiative. And it's all about us being the leaders in the industry for extraordinary customer service, like it says on that wall. So this is not, now they have a way to listen to me and start to implement what's there to be implemented, which disrupts their day or their routine, which may change the way they do things. Uh, they may have a different way of doing it, which is fine. We'll, we'll hear that out. Uh, but you have a much better chance at execution happening, implementation happening, because they're connected to it. Remember back to that original list. They're personally already invested in that big time future. So you remind them of that. And then we're having a conversation here as professionals and connecting why this fits into that long-term strategy. By the way, you may find from time to time it doesn't fit in the strategy and people will call you out on that and say, I don't see how this has anything to do with our, our longer-term strategy. And you'll have to have real conversations and it may be that you have to explain more to connect the dots or it may be, you're right, it has nothing to do with that. We shouldn't do this. The meeting's over. Okay, but that's again, a culture of accountability, a culture of people seeing the future in a way that you see it and adding their own expertise to it as a team. So the point is here, uh, oh, by the way, those posters that I carried around, they were just a little too big to fit in my suitcase, which was a uh, oversight, uh, but I was superstitious that I had to use the same posters for those five years. And by the way, we created, we fulfilled, we executed a huge future. Um, but I was so proud, uh, but it was a little bit of a pain in the butt carrying them onto each plane because they wouldn't fit in a the suitcase. They were about six inches too wide. So they would go in the overhead um, bin all the time. And I always thought, what am I doing walking through the airport three years in with posters under my, my uh, armpit? And you don't need to walk around with posters under your armpit, but get, the, get the, the, what it takes to execute. It's not one and done. It's consistency over time and you're the leader. So find ways to keep it in front of them, speaking it and in written form. Uh, start every meeting by referencing part of your vision. All right. So I, I shared about that. Find a way to connect the dots. Ask people to talk about how the vision is showing up in their day to day. 
It's a great way also to start meetings or to ground things. Okay, everyone, let's talk about profitability today. And we're going to review the P&L statements and we're going to look at our budgets. Uh, now, remember, this is all inside being a world-class company. And part of that is obviously we got to be very profitable uh, to, to meet our growth plan. That one or two sentences, as I just said, again, shift people from, oh, we got to go through line by line and look at how much I spent on office supplies to, boy, you know, if we look at what we're spending in office supplies, we are taking care of that bigger future today. That's the kind of excellence we bring to what we do. How's this going so far? Making sense? Okay, great. So step two, share why it may matter to them. So here you are, you're introducing your vision or you're introducing your project outcome, whatever it is that you need them to do differently, okay? Don't assume it matters to them necessarily. That is an assumption that again, is at the heart of why execution fails. Leaders just assume that the people will receive it the same way that the leaders received it. And that's not the case. So you got to kind of get in there and open some dialogue up. So start to connect why it may matter for them in their unique roles and accountabilities to participate in the vision or the outcome or the request of the project. You know, I might say in the meeting, okay, everyone, let's spend 10 minutes here looking at why this will uh, help our overall customer outcome, right, uh, of great customer service. And then listen to them. It's not me presenting it, trying to get them to believe me or, uh, you know, that's lazy leading. I need to be willing to co-create, to, to, to share something in a way that I'm willing to have it be the team thing at the end of this meeting versus my thing. And there's good people who agree with me who will do something and there's bad people who never agree with me and they'll never do anything anyway. That's very ineffective. You want to blow 80% of your projects, just keep trying that. So this, again, takes a little courage and takes a little faith to be able to have open conversations with people and not for them to redesign everything because there's many things as a leader, you just need to say, we are doing it. But you're looking at implementation. You're looking at execution with them. And, uh, and again, you know, unless they get personally connected to some degree, your chances of executing go down. So let's start to connect. Why, why would this be important? We have a CRM change. People hate that kind of thing, right? Salespeople hate that. I know I used to. So we now need you to do a different entry in how you track your customer pipeline. Uh, man, people go crazy over that because I have a system, especially if it's working. Don't mess with it. Okay. So you got to be, as a sales manager, as an example, uh, or somebody managing sales managers, very delicate in the sense that you got to listen and understand that that will be a change for them that may occur to them as um, you know a threat to their success, so to speak, and how they've already produced results. So get into it. Okay, I hope this is communicating. You know, it, it's an open dialogue here. Let's look at the benefit of this. And then you want to listen to the team. And you want to listen to them starting to see for themselves in their own mind's eye that, wow, this path forward is favorable for all. You know, it may not be exactly, you know, maybe it will take something more from me to make this change, but it's okay. I get it's inside the bigger picture and the common good and I'm on board. 
that's a shift for people versus resisting it all the way out the meeting and then just, you know, arguing about it in their head and being quite frankly pissed off that they have to do something that they don't agree with. Very different. You're going to practice getting input from your team and how to best move forward. So the other best practice here is you can start in meetings to say, you know, here's what I see the next steps are. What do you all think? Am I missing something? Is there something else that we need to be responsible for? Um, how else could we roll this out to the team? Who's going to do what? So now you're integrating the team uh, in the implementation phase. And again, you can ask, what do you see are the next actions to take? This builds accountability. This has people stop and think, what are the next actions? So they're not just expecting you to assume what they should do with this. And you start to create that implementation plan together. Okay. Step three, invite them to participate. So if you're specifically now asking them to get on board with something, a new project, a new team, a new committee, um, a new project, you got to make an invitation. So you're not telling them, you're inviting them. Now, there are some things that you should just tell people what to do. If you're a manager, a leader, you know, sometimes you got to deal with um, personnel management. And if people are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, that's not what I'm asking you to do here. I'm not asking you to invite people to be on time for work. That's not what you're doing. This is more for anything that requires integration um, with the larger organization. So you can invite your team to participate. Hey, listen, guys, gals, I'm looking for uh, us to do this together. So if you're somebody who can see yourself contributing to the success, you know, let me know. And if you get a yes, you know, how, you know, you know, you have somebody bought in. If you get a no, you know where they are. And it could also open up the next question, which is what would we need to do to make it a yes? So if it's, an, if it's important that you get a critical mass of your leaders on board, or in some cases, all leaders on board, you got to stick with what do we need to do to make this work for everyone if you really need everyone on board, okay? Um, and in some projects, you may just be asking literally for almost volunteers to really take on this special project. So don't tell somebody to be on a committee. You invite them to be on a committee. And when you do that authentically, then people have the experience of, choosing, right? And you can accept it as a yes or a no, and know that that has a lot of um, value, because now you're going to have a team of committed people. I would rather be working with no one, quite frankly, who is not committed, or one person who, who's committed, even if it's a big project, because I know that I'm working with somebody committed to the same thing. I don't always have to try to like, force them to do something or manipulate them to do something or thank them inauthentically to do, that they're on the team. No, you want to be on this team, you're on the team. Let's go. We're going to climb Everest. Let's go. You got my back, right? That's the kind, what you want to elicit because it will save you the rework. It will save you the lost money. All right, step four, get commitment. So not only are you inviting them, you're also getting commitment, which is you're going to ask for commitment, be straight, no sugarcoating this. Achieving our destination won't be easy. And it's achievable when commitment is in place. Set up new ways to empower the team commitment. So this is, again, now where you're going to look at structure. Structure, as I said earlier, is important. But can you see without these steps in advance, don't just jump in at putting meetings on people's calendars and expect them to implement. 
So now we'll talk a little bit about what structures work. Yeah, when will we meet? How will we measure success? How do we know you met the goal? What will we do when things go off track? So yes, put in structural, meeting cadence, who, when you're gonna meet, how long, put it in the calendar. Because you need that all to keep things on track and follow up. But most importantly here, you're giving each other your commitment that you have each other's back. Why? Because you have a team that buys in, whether it's one person or five or 5,000, which is possible by the way, you can actually create a culture of commitment and committed people, not just people going through the motions looking, you know, like that's the thing they should do. And your job, no matter the position or title, is to have the other person win and you honor that commitment and you nurture it each day. That's a winning culture. Final step, step five, thank them either way. So this really just talks about your mindset. It's very simple. As a leader, I want to know who wants to be on this team. And I don't mean if you're not on this specific project team, you're not working in the company. You may have other things that you're doing and it's quite valid and uh, reasonable and acceptable for you to say, no, thanks. I've got these other priorities. I'm not going to participate in that. Again, I want to differentiate between project-based teams and corporate or team vision. When you have a team vision, you really do need everyone bought in. That's the optimal state. And when you're introducing a new vision to the company, not everyone will be. And it may take like me with posters for five years to win the game. And you have room for people because you have compassion for people and you understand people aren't just going to be like, rah, rah, boss. Yeah. And, and in fact, a lot of times the people who are naysayers, it's okay because they may see things that are missing in your plan. They may see holes in the thinking. So you want to encourage people to, uh, to be in communication that way and also not assume they're not bought in just because they're not, you know, I'm a pretty high tone guy. I'm like, I'm probably more on the raw, raw side than the, you know, wait, have you thought about this kind of side of things? But I've learned to really appreciate the, have you thought about this without getting myself distracted? Like, you know, they're against me. That's not the case. They just asking, have you thought about this? And I probably hadn't. And thank you for contributing. You see? So again, don't judge by the book, by the cover, who's bought in. Listen to how they're engaging and the kind of questions they're asking. The point is here, though, thank them either way, right? You've asked for the commitment. They're either going to choose yes, no, say thank you for committing if they do, say thank you for considering if they don't, say thank you for being a big part of the team, because even though they're not on this one specific project train, uh, they are filling an important role in the rest of the organization. And of course, if you have somebody who's not and really is just negative towards at the future of the company, well, that's got to get worked out, right? Because over time, that's not going to work. Uh, and the more that you set this bar high and invite people to participate, the more that new people will come into your culture and that will just be the way we do it around here. Again, this gets us to the final outcome of this, which you have a culture of execution where people value it and they value what it takes to keep moving on the same page together over time. 